Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Friends. 
from the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the kyber crystal of our Death Star engine. I am here with Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, post-Thanksgiving. We survived the holiday, first part of the holidays. We're here. That's right. We practiced up for the second part of the holidays. Absolutely. Now we know how to handle them. Yeah, we're ready. (laughs) We're ready. Uh, So good to have both of you here uh, as we're recording here. We're gearing up for Rogue One. Yeah, a lot of gearing. Trailers dropping left and right. (laughs) Too many. Ruining things. Oh boy! Yeah, um, that was unexpected. So, uh, and also, uh, we we are uh, working. Uh, we got this great book, Catalyst, going. Yeah. On. Now I finished this. I, I got my homework assignment done early for once. <laughs> Usually, I'm trying to catch up, but I got it done. You guys are both at various points of reading, and, and we would take a moment to to address that. Jennifer's laughing. <laughs> Uh, I imagine you at a park with some kids running around and you're like, hurry up. I got to see what Galen's doing with the Kyber crystal. Yes, I'm enjoying it so far, but I am definitely in the beginning stages. Yes. Can we can we recreate the conversation that we had right before we started recording? Because you made the most amazing, awesome noise. <laughs> when you asked So, me. yeah. So I asked Jennifer, uh, so how far along are you in reading Catalyst? <laughs> if I had a collar, I would uh, stretch it right now. Uh, that's so great. <laughs> Opening yeah. preamble. <laughs> yes. But you're also reading Bloodline at the same time. I am, which is causing a little bit of confusion in yeah. my brain. Yeah, they're both dense political thrillers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is starting to be hard. It's hard to remember timelines, especially it when is. something gets switched up. And like mm-hmm. the very beginning of Catalyst, spoiler, has that revelation of like, oh, wow. They were working on the Death Star earlier than we thought. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep reminding myself when we are. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I mean, and, and when things changing, the Ahsoka book changing some canon and what you thought you knew of, uh, you know, s- synthetic kyber crystals being the red yeah. lights. Like, 2016 is like, oh, you thought you knew kyber crystals, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you didn't. Um, yeah, I had to do some research at work today. Do you know who is the first person? Trivia question. First person. To say the word kyber crystals in new modern canon. Oh, in new modern Not canon. counting the splinter of the mind's eye, which say. is a different spell. Yeah, spelling. Alan Dean Foster's book. Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, no, I have no yeah. idea. Uh, yeah. It was in the Clone Wars animated That's series. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yoda? Yeah. No. Um, oh. Because it was, was it when they went to oh. Ilum? Yeah. To get the crystals? Oh, so is it the announcer guy? No. Oh. No. I'm drawing a blank? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. It is the esteemed pirate Hondo Anoka. Damn it. The first person to say kyber crystals in the second episode. After the gathering, there's the one right after that. Yeah, right. they go the the episode of the gathering. They say crystals the entire time. Oh, no one wow. says the word kyber, and then it's he who says, "Ah, we're gonna get the kyber crystals because I'm a hondo." <laughs> That's really good. So kyber, uh, part of my research of work. But anyways, how, Joseph, you are farther along in yeah, Catalyst. I just finished the first section. Mm. Oh yeah, right. Has, yeah, so you're uh, deep enough into yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm deep enough into it. Yeah, and it, there, yeah. The, the big things uh, that strike me is I, it's really cool to have a scientist as a hero. Yep, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot on the podcast about Star Wars really mm-hmm. owning the wars thing. Yeah, in that we have three big wars up to now, and we're going to just get, have more and more wars. <laughs> wars, wars, wars. So coming in, having a story that's the scientist as the hero put mm-hmm. in this very traditional scientist perspective of I do not want to make weapons. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that also that idea of you, you cannot avoid this conflict. A conflict has been engineered yep. such that no one in the galaxy can ignore it. It's something they played with a little bit on the Clone Wars animated series. A couple yep. of episodes where farmers didn't want to get involved. And right. 
Uh, it's cool to see that in a much like bigger and central part of the story. Yeah. And, and playing into the big picture and definitely how are you? We won't go, I don't know far long Jennifer is, but how are you with the, 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 the some prequel riffic material? Oh, I like it. I like it. I feel like James Luciano just like sits mm. in his home when he's yeah. not writing, thinking about ways that he can try to make the prequels more logical. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes to Lucasfilm Del Rey, which is like, look at all these maps yeah. and charts. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's the exact yeah. kind of stuff that he did with uh, the Dark Plagueis novel, which of course yeah. isn't canon now. It's the same stuff that's like, oh, this does mm. not, it doesn't thumb its nose. It's not cheeky. It's not trying mm. to fix a problem. It's just really filling things out. So you see that right. grand story that I think Lucas intended and he in particular is really good at fleshing it out, so it just makes sense. Mm. Totally agree with that. That's a good way of saying it. It's not like going out of its way to almost make fun of the fact that stuff in the prequels happen, and we're gonna we're gonna make references to sand and all this stuff. It's just like it's part of the Star Wars story. Yeah. Well, you and I talk about it a lot on on other YouTube channels and get you know crap for it. <laughs> um, so uh, and thank you by the way for pulling me into this world. Where I'm a prequelist. Oh, a prequelist. Yeah, well, get, thank you for coming I get up with the term. On, though a lot of people have been coming out of the woodwork when I say it on Jedi Council, that, hey, I'm a prequelist, uh, yeah. Scrimshaw and I are on And I get a lot of people going, thank you. Well, I think at this point, it's sort of, it's so mired into everything between all, all the prequels era stuff that is on Rebels to yeah. Catalyst. At this point, it's like saying... Okay, I like the child of the prequels, but I hate the prequels. So it's like having a friend where you're just like, my friend is the greatest friend ever. Yeah. His dad is a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. like, you have to live with that if you hate the prequels because they gave us all this great stuff yeah. that we are loving right now. Right. Some good stuff indeed. Uh, well, when you guys are finished, we'll do a more full-on yeah. breakdown. We wanted to check in on that. I know a lot of you out there might still be reading Catalyst. I still say it is must-read before you see Rogue One. Tickets on sale. You're buying those tickets. Buy that book, sit down and read it. It took me two and a half days because I don't have a child. Wow, that's impressive. And I don't have a wife, so I have no responsibilities. <laughs> and I had to uh, function on my own. And uh, two and a half days, I read that book. Uh, honeymoon and Gilmore Girls Revival. I did. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Not a honeymoon, an anniversary. An anniversary. Uh, the, the one last thing I want to say about Catalyst yeah. very quickly is yeah. for anybody who isn't doesn't stop reading to look up alien races, a yeah. character early on is a Drazilian. Yeah. Who is all that is the race of Ori Marco, also known as our beloved prune face. <gasps> right. So if you want to visualize, you got some prune prune face right in the beginning of this that book. That oh, is helpful. uh yeah, that's uh, I gotta go back and reread that now. Yeah. Yeah, see it again for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna go into news. Uh our recording schedule is allowing us to bring uh bring you our hot takes, hot takes on the news. <laughs> and there's a lot of Star Wars news with Rogue One so close, with tickets in hand, press screening dates in hand, uh, costumes in hand for what we'll be wearing, at least I will be when I go see it. Um, uh, I'm going to dress as uh, as uh, K2SO. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I always kind of dress as K2SO. Yeah, you kind of do. Dark and lanky. Dark, dark and lanky. <laughs> I, I wear black clothing. I'm going to dress as Jen Dodonna. <laughs> beard, beard alone. A lot of news coming out. Jennifer, as always, you're going to lead us through some news, and we got a lot to talk about. We do. Let's talk about Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> Hot takes. 
takes. Hot takes. In Carrie Fisher's latest book, The Princess Diarist, she reveals that she had an affair with Harrison Ford while filming the original Star Wars. Carrie told Rolling Stone magazine recently that she wanted to tell the story of the affair because everyone had been speculating about it for years. It was like the elephant in the room. She also said that when she told Harrison Ford that she was going to publish the journals that she kept during the first movie, he raised a finger and said, lawyer. Uh, she gave him, yeah, right. It's like a very Harrison response. So Harrison. Almost an Indiana Jones response. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So she, she laughed about that and she said that she actually gave him final approval of that section, um, but she never heard back from him. So she just published it. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. <laughs> He's still not said anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> Leia shot first there, I guess. He, he just didn't respond. I feel like this was something that everyone could have guessed. Right. It is, it is the most logical surprise ever. Mm. I, I, this is yeah. why I wanted to talk that's about a good it way with to you say. guys because yeah. I, it is one of those things that makes perfect sense. And if somebody came to me and said, "How much money would you be willing to bet against?" The idea that they didn't sleep together. Be like, well, I wouldn't bet that mm. they didn't, but I never th- thought about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I live in a, a naive corner of the world sometimes where I'm just like, well, but he was married and they weren't together. They were working on set. <laughs> um, set life, set romances are yes. so common in the industry. Yeah. I think uh, it's a un- not well-kept secret, and, and, and unfortunately. So I, I, I find this fascinating. Uh, when I had the chance to interview Carrie at, at Wizard World Chicago, she was promoting this book. Yeah. And so you could tell there was a lot in the book that wasn't necessarily like, you know, what did Princess Leia think of this? It was more like, here's what happened. So I'm not surprised. But at the same time, I mean, Harrison was married He at the time. Um, he's married again, but uh, um, since left, uh, he, he and Melissa Matheson, I believe, at the time he was with her. Yeah. And during yeah. that time, I think. It might get sketchy. I don't know. But anyway, his point was he was married. He has adult children from this. And if it wasn't discussed at any point, and now it is, that's still retroactively and currently yeah. uncomfortable and in a bad spot. I almost feel bad for him. But at the same time, you did it. It's your bad. You're lying in it now. Right. And we know Carrie's not going to keep. I'm surprised this stayed this long. That might be the biggest surprise. I really. Yeah. That's mm. shocking. Yeah, I've yeah. I've had some people say, "Well, what's the big deal?" Of course they did. And like, well, it's not a big deal now. Right. It would have been a big deal, yeah, back then. Yeah, that a thirty-three-year-old man with exactly. two children and had an affair with a nineteen-year-old. Nineteen. Yeah, let's forget. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and if you think about them, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder what do his kids think about that? Like, do they? Yeah. They must have had some inkling that this this i mean unless maybe he's he's had multiple affairs and it's just like oh dad he just had a bunch of affairs yeah yeah <laughs> you know i don't know it it sounds like I've its own episode of monkey yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> of gilmore girls it sounds like <laughs> some learning something it's some drama here going a on a lot here. of drama um yeah, so it's, I'm I'm so dying to read this book. Me too. I got to get my hands on it because uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that kind of jaw dropping. Like what? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like a fast, fascinating crystallization of the way Star Wars exists. Mm-hmm. Is this story that we can talk about, but is also like part of our own myth. Yeah. Of reality that yeah. this happened forty years ago. Now we're talking about this amazing historic That's sexual fling. That, <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? What are the ramifications? This I, happened in the dark times yeah. before social justice. Yeah. And once again, Mark Hamill's on the outside going, "I care." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. Was like right. imagining Mark like, well, "I'm just going to stay home and watch some ice skating." What are you guys up to this weekend? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Did you guys rehearse your lines? Oh, Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mark. And apparently there are details in it about uh, him actually coming over to oh, Harrison's wow. apartment to be like, hey, you want to do something this weekend? It's like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, really? Oh, yeah, no. and catching them. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You guys want to go for a bike ride? Oh, oh this is so awesome. I want to <laughs> see, I want to see wow. this. Make a movie yeah. about I was going that. into London to pick up some, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. <laughs> wow. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's interesting. Yeah, it is fascinating to think of. Yeah, and, and uh, Mr. Hamill has not made any comment, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see if he does <laughs> at any point. Oh, yeah. And it's mostly the trick happened well the first time it happened after george's birthday's party or something yeah so oh there's just so much i've got to read yeah. this are you guys leaving together uh, what's what's going there, on there you always want another drink is there too much sexual tension because i'm around is that what happened too much energy in the room i understand that's great that is great well Speaking of gossip, <laughs> if you picked up the latest issue of Us Weekly, you might have noticed a familiar former senator. Bail Organa, a.k.a. Jimmy Smits, is pictured in the magazine wearing a more subdued-looking uniform while on the set of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Jimmy Smits told Us Weekly that, quote, Bail Organa's garb isn't as stately as in the other episodes because in Rogue One, he isn't as high up the food political... Oops, the political food chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's interesting because how much of a role, we know that he's not going to have a very big role. He's going to have almost like a cameo, I think is what he said back in August. But Mm. I am wondering like how much are they going to connect the dots you were talking about it earlier. Like, is he going to say, "Oh, we got to get, we got to get the plans to give them to my daughter"? Yeah, yeah. I hope that he doesn't. That's the weird thing when, when we have such a little time frame. It's great to connect the dots, but it starts to make too much sense. It's too clean. You know, right. I don't want him to be like, "Well." Good job, everybody. I've got to go back to Alderaan. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, in, yeah, because essentially that's what's going to happen. I mean, this is we're seeing a man in his last days, really. Yeah. If he shows up, uh, and yeah, you're right. Cameo. I, I. This is one of the things where I hope the reshoots change that, and no one's saying anything. I know that's not the case, but that is such a good shot. I love that. I love that they brought him back. I love that connective thread to the prequels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd love to see more of them. It's interesting that he's not high up. He's maybe not in, in the Imperial Senate anymore. Right. Maybe Leia's taken the place of his of scene in Alderaan, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's cool. I want more. I already want more, and I don't think I'm going to get it. But yeah. it'll, it'll be cool. I want him to be beaten down emotionally yeah. from having fought this fight forever. Now his almost adult daughter is taking all of these risks we know. Right. I, right. I would be great if he had the idea of we are in over our heads. I know where Obi-Wan is. I would be happy with that. Ooh. Yeah. If he presented that idea. Yeah, that, that's good. Ooh, that's fascinating. Okay, doing a little headcanon fantasy book in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you served my father in the Clone Wars. You served Wars, my father so in the Clone Wars. It does connect to him that he's the one who goes, you guys, hey, you know what? We've all been doing great for 19 years with this whole building this rebellion thing slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we need some help. See, if, and you know what? Oh, man. I'm I'm glad the trailers haven't ruined this for us. But if it's towards the end of the movie, it seems like, I don't know, there's there's a lot of the scene where a lot of them gathered around the old old little computer bay there, you know, Mon Mothma, Jandodon, all those. If he's involved in that stuff, and that's towards the end, and he's like, look... Failsafe plan. We get these to my daughter. Here's the next step. I'm, I'd get nerd chills. I'm getting nerd chills now. Yeah. Thinking about it. That is the stuff I want this movie to do and these standalone movies to do. Little moments. If it's over the top and, like you said, 
Well, yawn. I'm tired. I'm going to go fly back to Alderaan. My wife's cooking some dinner, and it will be good. You know they call Alderaan the safest planet in the galaxy. Yeah. Then we got a problem. Yeah. But, right. uh, ooh, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, because I want that idea represented, that idea yeah. of we've taken this ball as far as we can. Mm. It's clearly, from these trailers, people believe in the Force. They're talking about the Force. They're all about the Force. Yeah. Next logical step is get us some Jedi. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see a, a young lad at all. I don't think it, whether mm-hmm. it's... CGI tricks or Billy Lord cast or anything like that. I don't think we're going to see that, but maybe he's on the uh, the old space cell phone talking to her, going, hey, I'm going to send you some coordinates for someone that can help you. Yeah. It's right. General Kenobi. You've got to go to him. Uh, yeah. That could be cool. I would love that. That would be so cool. I feel like it really is kind of a delicate balance because if he does it, if he just like says one random line, you know, mm-hmm. we need to do it. I'm yeah. going to be so disappointed if that's the only thing that he says. He, he has to say something with more weight, something mm-hmm. to really kind of do that thread between the prequel right. and A New Hope. Yeah, I would like that, but not too much. So yeah, and there's subtext to it, like you just said. I mean, this is a guy who helped start the rebellion. Now exactly. he's adoptive, but by all intents and purposes, his daughter is is involved in a dangerous mission. He knows that this, that this could go very yeah. bad. Um, I've been talking on other shows on, on, on Jedi Council movie talk, highlighting um, the the part of Lost Stars where there's the the, the royal cotillion or the ball for the Imperial right. Academy graduate. Princess Leia is at that during the events of Rogue One. Mm. And she's nervous and scared and there's important, and, and, and the main characters are like, there's something going on. Like, the, the princess looks so distracted. Yeah. Like, to know that's all going on at the same time, it would make sense that Bail Organa is like, oh, man, this is tough. We yeah. Got, we got a backup plan here. Got to get going. To know that Palpatine is just kind of letting him live. Yeah. That, like, Palpatine could just wipe him out. Yeah. And Palpatine has to know that He's not on his side politically. Yeah. Right. He's been living in this very tense situation for a long, long time. time. I want to see that mm. stress. Mm. Mm. Boy, that's good. A lot from a little picture. <laughs> Just one little picture in Us Weekly. I love it. Um, so, well, let's actually talk about, a bit about something that has gotten, I don't want to say an, uh, it's gotten a bit of an uproar, but it kind of has. It has. It has. Um, and that is an interview Kathleen Kennedy did with Variety. Mm-hmm. She said that finding a female Star Wars director is a priority for Lucasfilm and Disney, quote, we want to make sure that when we bring a female director in to do Star Wars, they're set up for success. They're gigantic films, and you can't come into them with essentially no experience, end quote. She also said that they're trying to uh, groom up-and-coming female directors and will, quote, pull them in when the time is right, end quote. So some people are interpreting this comment as Kathleen Kennedy saying that she doesn't think that there are any female directors that are ready to direct a Star Wars movie. How do you guys interpret what she said? Yeah, I think there's a very fine line in what she said of clearly there have been some male directors who have one very successful indie film and they get kicked up to the big leagues and are surrounded by people who can support them. Yes. So that's not what she's saying, I don't think, but it could easily be interpreted that way. Mm. That, sure, it's fine to kick up a male director who had a successful indie and give him a blockbuster out of the blue but there aren't any women out there in that position. Yeah, that's yeah. the ambiguity to me that's problematic. Yeah, I, I read a great article before I drove in tonight, and I think it was on Variety from Scott Mendelson. I want to give him credit. And it was a very even-handed look at what was going on and how there was some justifiable anger at her remarks, but also gave her a lo- and Lucas a lot of credit for what they might be trying to do. I personally read the comments. Um, I'd kind of gone off social media during the holidays, this uproar, and it was an uproar. It's a yeah. hashtag society. The people are going to grab onto the little leads <laughs> and put on, you know, they said there's no women directors. And, and, right. and I thought, 
I wanted like stop the sen- stop the sentence there. Stop yeah. the sentence there. If yeah. they had said, "Look, we're going to get have a female director in Star Wars. We have a list of candidates we've identified, and we're going to make sure this is a success." That would have sounded a lot better than the people who hired Josh Trank, yeah, and had yeah. to fire him and ruin a Boba Fett movie. Going, eh, you know, we just want to make sure. They're ready. That they're trank yeah. caliber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I, f- I had the problem with the issue. I think overall, I think the idea is there, and I think they're going to commit to this idea. And I get coming from a, a business perspective over at some of the places I've worked, where we're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna find a female host. Let's find the right one. That's the right thing to say versus throwing the wrong person in there. But if we're like, eh, there's no one really out there. We're not going to give anyone a shot. Go out there and get some reps in, kid. And then when yeah. you're ready, call us. Uh, it, it, it came off very confusing and. And, and, and wrong, I think, in the end. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer? I wanted to give her, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. I do believe that they want to promote female, not just directors, writers, and, and creatives, and, and have more diversity behind the scenes. I do feel like it was poor wording, but I think it speaks to a bigger issue, which is Does. just that th- it is a boys club. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And it's so difficult being a female director. I was reading some article where it was like this woman who was up for a job and she had to go to this party to kind of schmooze. And she realized that she was the only woman there that was not a prostitute. Wow. And she was up for a direct a directing job. And it's just like, it's so uncomfortable as a woman. It's like, you kind of feel like, how do I network and establish yeah. those relationships? Because a lot of times these guys, you know, they just want to sleep with you. And that's mm-hmm. just the fact. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so such a complex issue. But yeah, I would have liked for her to say, you know, we have some but before I even go there, I feel like Ava DuVernay, yeah. I feel like she's got to be a contender for something, you know? Yeah. I, I really I think they're setting that. us up for that. Not that setting up sounds bad, like, like prepping us. But I think the J.J. Abrams going, hey, she helped me with the key scene here. I think that's coming. Yeah. Her cinematographer is the one from, from Selma is the one working on a Han Solo movie. A Han Solo movie. She's doing A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Huge budget. For Disney. Yeah. I think there is a little bit of just they want people whose name is going to ring out. Right. Uh, to use the old yes. wire phrase, yeah. they're they're worried about the technical chops. I think there's always also that like living in Los Angeles, as you yeah. guys know, you're surrounded by constantly of just it, it is the emperor's new clothes. Of the perception of value mm-hmm. is value. Yes, and yes. there seems to be a little bit of like, well, Ava DuVernay is fine because that's a name on everybody's lips. Everybody knows her, so it just gives the the it does. the uh, project some status. Right. It becomes cool. Like Matthew Vaughn, get a Matthew. Mm-hmm. Vaughn. I want a Matthew Vaughn. Josh Trank was that. Um, Part of this, there's a credibility issue, not saying Kathleen Kennedy or Lucasfilm doesn't have credibility, but there's a just this natural credibility issue when you, Colin Trevorrow got this before Jurassic World came out. Exactly. Based off Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a great movie I love. Jurassic yeah. World, I finally saw it. It was a good Saturday afternoon popcorn waste of my time. It was, uh, but it wasn't good. And so now he already had nine. He already yeah. had it. Right. So the uproar that I think is justifiable is is it speaks to what you said. The bigger issue is whether or not she knows it. From my perspective, what she she whether she knows or not, what she's saying is, you know what, female directors haven't really got a chance, so therefore we can't pick one. <laughs> like you have to give them the yeah. chance. It's yeah. a catch twenty two, and this is what yeah. I've always experienced as as a person, a woman of color who's an mm-hmm. actress. It's like, well, you don't, you know, when I was starting out, you didn't mm-hmm. don't have any credits. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I don't have any credits because there's no roles <laughs> for me. I'm not getting right. as many auditions yeah. as my friend who, you know, yeah. looks very midwestern and could be cast in anything. It's just, it's so frustrating. 
frustrating because I do feel like female directors are held to a different standard. And as I read in other articles, it's like if, and this is a sad reality, if they did have a female director and mm-hmm. the movie sucked, Mm -hmm. then that director, she would never direct a movie for a long time. She might be in, like, you know, movie uh, That's what the Variety article goes into. I I would check it out. It talks about other people that have Rupert Sanders failed with Snow White and the Huntsman, but then got all these other jobs where um, uh, uh, the the, the director of Fifty Shades of of Grey um, pulls off the project because of fights with the author and hasn't got a chance, even though that movie, whether what you think of the movie or not, made over yeah. 571 at the box office, and she's not getting that chance again. That's where some of the problems Yeah, lie. exactly. You know? So it's a, it's a systemic problem, and mm-hmm. I would like to think that they're working hard to, to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just unfortunate wording. It, uh, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was slightly tone deaf because it's Kathleen. Kennedy, it makes it even seem a little more of, I don't say betrayal, but kind of like a, hey, you finally got in the position of power, but there's also big business behind it. That's why I feel if she had said, hey, we're trying to make sure it's success and we've got some great, great women in our list that we're going to make them success. And then, you know, the company that, you know, fired Trank and, you know, JJ made sense to me. Yeah. JJ makes sense. Right. Ryan Johnson's even a risk. Yeah. Right. He's a yes. huge that's, creative that's what risk. He's, yeah. He doesn't have the drama that Trank had, but he's a creative. This could be wildly disastrous if it goes wrong. <laughs> and, then, and then where's the argument there now when you got Michelle McLaren just directed a great episode of Westworld and great episodes of Game of Thrones? Because I don't want to monologue here, but goes back to your point, you make me think too. It is. Working in, in this movie discussion world, it is those, those names. We want those names. And there yeah. always seems so Ava du- Duvernay deserves every bit of success, but it's the only name that people at parties are going to be talking about. Right. So it has value. So it has right. value. Even if somebody is just as accomplished and yeah. talented. Mm. Yeah. And one of the problems I have in, in being on this side of the industry and in some of the kind of the management aspects of it in ter- when it comes to casting hosts and everything is there is uh, hey, there's a name of a person of color we all like, right? Let's pass them around because we all like them. It's a name, right? It's a name. It, oh, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> And new people aren't going to be brought in. Right. And so you're sharing, and it's great for them to get the work, because I get the work, and you get the work. Yeah. But that's part of the problem I keep running into is, hey, you know what we get? Let's, let's make this decision to bring in a young, uh, young, young, young man who's a person of color. Hey, what about person X? Oh, yeah, I saw him on that thing. Great. Done. Sold. And now you have 15 other viable candidates who don't get that shot. And I, that's where it goes back to the issue. I hope Ava DuVernay gets it or yeah, gets a Star Wars movie, but I'm sure there's 10 others. If we dug, yeah, we'll definitely find. And, 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 and luckily we're getting to that time where now it's all out and open. Yeah. You got you. Now you have almost no excuse to go find a list. Yeah. Or you, maybe Marvel just walks over and has a chat with Lucasfilm and said, <laughs> yeah, we got these yahoos from community. <laughs> from the, we got these, these guys yeah, right. shot a great food fight. Yeah, on oh TV and, and a, for a half-hour comedy. They made yeah. Star the Wars jokes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe there's a little communication there of like, you know, look how well it worked out for us. Yeah, trust. I think we'll get there slowly. We're getting there. Maybe slowly. too slow, but yeah. slowly. Oh, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, there's yeah. another example. Yeah. Another example. Catherine Bigelow. Anybody? <laughs> but she said. But Catherine Bigelow said she doesn't want Star Wars. Right. And that could, but but again, that was one of the buzz names. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't be great if she did it. Oh, she doesn't want it. Well, we got no other options. We got no well, others, all a- women said no. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. List of five. Yeah. But if they were to go to Sundance, I'm sure they would find many yeah. capable female yeah. directors. Yeah. But that's a discussion for another time. Also. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So in this interview with Kennedy, <laughs> she talked Big about... Big interview. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, it was. It was a good interview. Um, she talked about the Han Solo film and how it's going to have the feel of a heist movie or a Western. And she said that they've drawn inspiration from the primary colors that art- artist Frederick Remington used in his Western-themed paintings. The thing that I was looking at his paintings, they're very... Very Americana, you know, Mm -hmm. these bold primary colors, yellows and blues and greens. I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Both Alden Ehrenreich and Harrison Ford played cowboys Mm -hmm. before... On solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so interesting. Oh, I thought you were referencing Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. And I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Bradford Young is going to do with yeah. that style. Yeah. I think it's going to be so beautiful. I think so. 
Um, Kathleen Kennedy, another interview that she gave. <laughs> she's busy. She's a busy lady. Is with Entertainment Weekly. Um, and she actually gave credit to George Lucas for the idea of Star Wars standalone films. She did say that a Han Solo film was not one of his ideas, but they did talk a lot about the Jedi and the foundational ideas that George thought about when he created the mythology. So as far as the future of Star Wars, she said that they're planning on sitting down in January after Rogue One is released to try to figure out what stories they want to explore. So basically, what I gathered from this article is that it all hinges on the reception of Rogue One. I think that's so great. Because it seemed like for a while that there was no way. I remember uh, way back when uh, we were all doing an episode of Jedi Alliance Mm. and somebody said, hey, the news broke. It's going to be Boba Fett. And then we all realized it was a rumor that was very yeah. close to true. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't an official announcement. But going way back to then, they're like, damn it, we got it planned. We're going. Yeah. We're moving. Yeah. You know, so to see them put the brakes on and say, let's actually see how it works, I think is great. Mm. Yeah. Because I think they do have to be Jedi about this ultimately. Yeah. Because I don't want it to be this big explosion and then all fall apart. I want it to be done smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking the audience into account. I absolutely agree. It's a good change in tone. It's good. Like, I, for one, I'd love to see that Boba Fett teaser trailer that never got aired, but I'm glad we're not getting a Boba Fett movie. A weird, cool bounty hunter picture? I'm sure we still might see that. Um, But it's kind of encouraging that a big company is able to slow the train down and say, we got time to do this right. Looking at you, DC, you can do it. Um, (laughs) You can reverse that train. Yeah, Marvel's such a well-oiled machine, but at some point early on, they had to say, let's see what Iron Man does. They took huge... If you look back, we now remember Marvel movies as they come out like this. They're huge gaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, we've made one Iron Man. Let's make a second Iron Man? Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah, they took their time to figure it out, so I'm thrilled that they're going to take more time. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of our main discussion, right? We're going to yeah. get, get into a little bit more, jumping off this, where we're going with the future of Star Wars. Uh, absolutely. As we slide out of news, Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, looking at all the big news headlines. And there's a lot more to come in the coming weeks, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as we get more and more trailers to ruin Rogue One before you see in the theater. Here's all the plot points. Go see Star Wars. Um We're going to talk today about the future of Star Wars films. It's a good subject right now. And yeah, you're right, Jennifer. A lot is riding on Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This, I think, financially is going to do do okay. Yeah. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be able to buy some churros at Disneyland now. (laughs) Um, But critically, if this takes any kind of hit, could be some kind of a change, like you said, like we've talked about that new story. They meet in January and go, where do we go wrong? Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a good question to ask us, ourselves, here on the Force Center Show, the future of Star Wars films. So, guys, let's dive in. I'll start uh, with this question to you, Joseph. Um, looking at the Marvel plan, yeah. what do you like about the Marvel phases and how it's taken out? What don't you like? I like that they are independent stories up to a point so they can have their totally own feeling but they benefit so much from being interconnected and i think that's a the biggest challenge that lucasfilm is facing is as we talk about all the time on on this podcast they want to be able to have those different feels and those different styles yeah but it starts to feel like overload when it's not a really different chapter of a novel yeah. but a bunch of different kind of short stories almost 
because like Doctor Strange was like, oh great, it brings every, it brings magic. He's trippy. It brings uh, Pink Floyd and acid yeah. into it. like you wouldn't watch Captain America and think you know this would be better <laughs> if there was a lot of 3D acid tripping going on too. <laughs> but it it works all together, and I think yeah. that they're missing that connective tissue. And to me, the big question is how to do to do that narratively, mm-hmm. uh, because without it, it just feels like more and more. Star Wars without any definition to it, I think, to just a normal audience. So what that would look like, Jennifer, is Force Awakens comes out, and then instead of Rogue One, we get the adventures of Finn, or Rey and her training, or the start of the First Order, and then it circles back and comes back into eight. This is like the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly don't want that. No, yeah, yeah. I want the sagas to be saga films. Play out like that? How do you see? Do you want it to be as interconnected, Jennifer, as all the Marvel films? Or done in a different manner. Well, I was on board, but now when you, when you phrase it like that, no. With the devil and the angel on your shoulder. Yeah. Joseph's right. There's a lot of, there is that that shared universe that all the big studios want now. It, does, right. it is cool. It's fun when you're looking like, oh, who's that medical case Dr. Strange is hearing about on the phone? Is that is that Captain Marvel? Like, what is it? Yeah. That stuff's mm-hmm. cool and fun, and we don't, we don't have that in Star Wars. No, I mean, we do have the connective tissue of the narrative, but that's such a fine line, like we were joking about early on about you don't want the characters to tip their hands too much about like winking at the camera and saying you know what's going to happen to bail organa but we do have these big narrative connecting points right Right. something that that i thought was really interesting that i read um was anthony bresnikin the entertainment weekly writer Mm -hmm. he was talking about basically the rumors on the obi-wan saga the Mm -hmm. obi-wan standalone film and what he said was that they haven't made any decisions because they are saving it until after nine because he might mm. have his story or he might have some sort of appearance in the main saga. Interesting. Yes. He was just kind of piecing things together, but he believes that there's a family connection, as we've obviously talked about, between mm. one of the characters and Obi-Wan. So that to me was interesting where it's like, well, where do the saga films mainly deal with like the stories of the Jedi and then the standalone films are just totally new characters or like the bounty hunter movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do we keep kind of the lore and mythology of the force in only the saga films primarily, you know, and exploring that? Or do we use that as a springboard for the standalone films? Yeah. I don't know if that's making any sense. No, totally. I mean, it does make sense. Yeah. Uh, I, for what I, I, it's a struggle to me because what I love about Rogue One, what we're talking about with Bail Organa, if that kind of stuff is in these movies and it fills in gaps and it makes you go, oh, that happened before that moment. Like when Pablo Hidalgo tweeted out this past week, you should watch the Death Star conference room scene again. <laughs> it's right. key. I've been watching it like 10 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been taking notes. I'm like, oh, General Tag, is it what's going on with Moti? <laughs> Conan Antonio Moti's his name, by the way. <laughs> I've studied up on this. Um, I love that kind of stuff, but I, I, I like the idea of the standalones being these little stories I'm not sold on too much. Well, that's Finn's uncle and this or that, or that's referencing that. I don't know. Or ancient prophecies or whatever. There's, there's ways to do. I think my sort of pitch or opinion is that the saga film should be Skywalkers and they should be. Okay. That the galaxy does hang in the balance. I think the real trick to making the standalone movies work is Rogue One is narrative-based. We'll get some character stuff, but it's playing with a narrative and a point in time that we all really know well mm-hmm. as Star Wars fans. I think there needs to be one really successful standalone film 
that is a small story about a character that is just incredibly engrossing, like the kind of thing where you can write a story about someone going to the store to get milk, Mm -hmm. and because of the challenges that person faces and who they are, it is the most compelling in the stakes about getting milk feel as high as saving the galaxy. <laughs> I think they need a movie that does that once. Mm-hmm. And then everybody will say, oh, we can tell small scope stories mm-hmm. in the galaxy and it will still feel like worth going to a movie. Like it's not an episode of television. Right. But like it was worth it to hear the, the story of Boba Fett because it was so compelling and personal and high stakes. It's so entertaining. I think that the I think that the challenges and what they're gonna look at in January is if people like Rogue One with these essentially, you know, these characters that they don't know, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the mainstream audience, they don't know them. If people like it, then it's like I feel like they're gonna want to take more chances with mm-hmm. the standalone films. If it does mediocre, which I mean I can't imagine it will, but if the reception is like, eh, it was all right, then I feel like they're gonna really play it safe. Yeah, I, yeah, I really think they need to dig into the review aspect aspect not that the reviewers are right but I, the critical reception and i mean that even from a fan point of view we know it's gonna make money i just dropped like 200 dollars myself on tickets for that weekend <laughs> like it's going to make the money even if it does 130 is what they're tracking i mean that's really? still a massive weekend wow. it, yeah. they knew going in it wasn't do force awakens numbers but yeah if they come out and they're like well we didn't do it right or people didn't take to that story or they need a skywalker or they need a blue lightsaber as well as a red one <laughs> Then, then that they really sit down and, and have to determine what these standalone stories are. Because I would like to think, Joseph, that what you're pitching, I joked a couple weeks ago about the Order 66 Jedi surviving yeah. that attack. If it was done in a way, yeah, it's a Star Wars story. I'm on board for that. I don't need everything to tie into the main trilogy. Rogue One, in a way, does tie into the saga. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is absolutely a part of <laughs> it's such huge. a major narrative moment. I mean, yeah. 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 It's not a little side thing at it all. Isn't. It isn't. It isn't. Um, and, and, and another question is, is how... Past nine, 10, 11, 12, do we want that? Do we going to get that? Are we going to be in our old folks' home watching episode 15? Do you want that? Do you guys want that at any point for it to end, so to speak? No. I don't want it to end I want there to be a nice healthy gap between the next saga Mm -hmm. and I think that's really the challenge and I think maybe one of the challenges they're looking forward to is well uh, there needs to be a little bit of an ebb in flow where you know there's time between the saga so so you get a little bit of that event feeling Mm -hmm. if they take two years off after nine and then ten comes out it won't feel like an event no especially if we're up to getting right well, maybe we get two uh, Star Wars stories a year if yeah. they're if they're successful. So they've got this great balance of this thing that we will always throw money at no matter what. Yeah. But they could easily devalue, which is another fascinating experiment of what's happening right now is they are very purposefully not making Rogue One an event. Mm-hmm. Right. Force Awakens was an event. This is yeah. just a movie that's coming out in December. Right. right. And then episode eight will be an event again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they need Star Wars has always profited by being a special event. A Absolutely, it point. is the give credit to Jaws, but it is the event film. You yeah. know, it is the one that they basically became what summer blockbusters are. Yeah, and why that season starts in May. Though now it's moving up to March and earlier, but um, <laughs> it's going to be year round blockbusters. Uh, yeah, I want time between nine and ten. Let's say nine wraps up in a perfect little way, and and uh, Ray Palpatine Kenobi standing there on the <laughs> on the edge, and uh, all's right with the galaxy, and Kylo Ren is dead, or Kylo Ren is uh, you know 
uh, turns out a brother or, or he becomes a, a star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, an actual son. Son. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want time, man. I want time. Ten years later to see what Ray, it's not going to yeah. be that, but five years later. And give me some movies in between, but I'm or, sad that we'll, that that feeling we all felt the first seconds before episode seven played, mm. we'll never really have again. No. It will still feel great. Eight's going to be wild and crazy. Right. But and I don't want 19 years between things or anything like that. I get that. Or, or no. 11, 12 years, whatever it was. Uh, 10, was it 10? To the yeah. 2015? Wow, time flies. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do want time. You're right. I want time. Do you want time, Jennifer? We need to have time. Otherwise, it's, it's too much. I can't keep up with this frenetic pace. As it is, I mean, it's, it's fantastic to have all this Star Wars stuff. But I remember last year when I went and saw The Force Awakens at the Chinese Theater, and it was a couple days after, you know, the big... Uh, Right. opening and I remember asking my friend I'm like are they gonna do like this crazy huge premiere and this whole shebang and marketing thing that they did for Force Awakens every single year and he was like I can't imagine and they haven't and I'm glad that they haven't mm-hmm. because it's it's too much so mm-hmm. I think if they're gonna do another trilogy take a couple years off really find a good story and build up that excitement again so that it yeah. is this like monumental like experience mm-hmm. otherwise I don't want to say that people are going to get fatigued but it's it's almost going to like we're going to take it for granted in some ways I think some of the narrative for people who are casual Star Wars goers yeah. that will become the narrative that will become the joke that Oh, it's always the most important. Oh, is the galaxy in danger again? I mean, I think they will get a narrative uh, that it's is me negative. with Marvel films. Uh, I don't dislike them to that degree, but I like Doctor Strange. But what was it? It was origin story with a big baddie threatening the world in some way because it's a Marvel villain where you're like, I guess he's a bad thing or whatever. It was t- Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing. It was right. this, this, that. You could only, to me, you can only do so much with those stories. Something like Logan seems to change it, uh, or, or looks poised to change it with with that. Because it's X-Men an incredibly movie. different style. Style, this yeah. and that. Um, Deadpool comedically changed things, but even joked about it wasn't changing things. Yeah, it did its best to do play with the origin story, yeah. but it didn't get too far away. So I don't yeah. want that with Star Wars. Yeah. I, that's why I do want those little stories. Yeah. I think that one of the other things that we, uh, another path that they might take that I think they're maybe analyzing with his pause too is if Han Solo's great and it's far enough away from a new hope, can they get a trilogy out of it? And that oh, I, I think you're gonna see yes. I think yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think so too. Because I think it's gonna knock it out of the park. I think Rogue One is yeah. gonna be like you said, financially no question. Mm-hmm. I think critically, I think it's gonna not be as beloved. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna go okay. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't think critics are gonna fall all over it. Right. I think it's gonna be mixed. Yeah. But then I think Han Solo, with that cast, that those writers, and, yeah. those directors, I think Han Solo is going to change the game. Right. Yeah. And then they're going to be really like, why, if they've given themselves enough narrative room, why wouldn't we do two or three more Han Solo movies? Yeah. And that I think they could uh, learn from Marvel, that Marvel has done a great job with, like, great, Iron Man has his arc. Now he's still floating around, and you know him and you love yeah. him, but his three movies is done. Right. And Captain America's three movies are done. Right. But now we're going to move on. You know, like, that would be a way to go. Right? I could accept that because yeah. it will give us our Obi-Wan in the desert picture. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things about this whole conversation that actually does make me happy. If they're at all taking a step back and going, we need to play it safe. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks, George, for the idea you gave us for the music documentary of Max Rebo. But I don't <laughs> think we can go there yet. 
Where are they get, if they have to go somewhere safe? Yeah. Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor yeah. is one of their only safe choices. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen. I really do. Judging from believe, what Jennifer, believe. I do because of what <laughs> Anthony Bresnikan was saying. He's yeah. like the, basically his Obi Wan story is going to be shifting and evolving in this trilogy. So they can't do a standalone film because they're going to incorporate all that. I think I don't. Interesting. I don't know. That's kind of what he was leaning I towards. Can't wait that long. I know. I guess that's the only. That is the 2020 is the next scheduled one, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 18 is Han Solo. 19. Nine. And then 20 is was supposed to be the Trank. You're right. The Trank uh, mess. Yeah. But, um, oh. So that would make some sense. <laughs> Boba that Fett in mean. the Trank debacle. In the Trank debacle. But they're going to say something at Celebration, right? They're going to make some sort of announcement. Well, I, hey, if, if come January they sit around and have some coffee and decide, and George is at the window, hey, guys. <laughs> Which I, like, I think Kennedy gave him, said, hey, this was like kind of George's idea to do these standalone yeah. stories. Uh, right. Lest, lest we forget, he is a creator. Um, yeah, I could see an announcement, but I would wonder how much they have, in, unless they have stuff ready to go. Yeah. yeah unless no. it's like, choose envelope B. All right, let's announce it in April. And it sounds like some of Lucas's ideas were moving toward Old Republic. Like, how did the Jedi start? Like, right. super Old Republic. Yeah. Which is, again, I think super exciting to uber Star Wars nerds. Mm-hmm. Maybe confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still wondered the global appeal of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was going through the the, uh, the ultimate uh, Star Wars uh, dictionary or whatever it's called. It's a long title. Um, studying up from uh, my trivia battle coming up. And uh, <laughs> very prominently, you know, Bane has a little section. Yeah. Hmm. And I, because I was reading literally every entry in it, um, you forget that when I first got the book at Celebrations Anaheim, uh, Saw Gerrera is in there. And Saw Gerrera, I think I've mentioned on Spotlight Service before, they say he went on to be a key person in the formation of the Rebellion. At the time, I was like, oh, is that guy appeared in a couple episodes of Clone Wars or something? <laughs> eh, whatever, turn the page. So I'm combing, I'm combing, is like, wow. is Admiral Firmus Piet, does he mean something? <laughs> um, and Bane is there, and they confirm that he's the one that did the Rule of Two, and, you know, he appears in that Clone Wars episode. I'm like, all right, so they're definitely, that's the only official acknowledgement we have right now of Old Republic. Yeah. Um, but they know it's a moneymaker in terms know. of games all these years. And that's the other thing about this. We ta- we're talking about the movies. Yeah. But I think the company could possibly make the smart choice because I know fans sometimes get upset when we talk about being even remotely okay with pausing on Star Wars at all. Yeah. But I think it might be the best thing at some point for Star Wars to pause on the movies. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean anything about the TV shows, the books, the oh, comics. Right. You know, yeah. keep it alive for the Uber fans and give it just a little rest beat. Mm-hmm. Like in music. <laughs> yeah. You have a rest beat, and then that next note punches more. Uh, but just for the movies. And I don't want Star Wars to wind up. You'd write a good club dance mix, Joseph. <laughs> oh, thank you. you. I like try. Much. Um... It's also called the Bob Rock Pause in rock songs. Is it really? Bob Rock? Bob Rock is the producer, and uh, Semisonic Dan Wilson and Jacob Slichter. Slichter's book um, goes into and uh, in, in, uh, closing time. There's the he added the pause that made the song the hit, and it's the Bob Rock Pause. It's oh, that really? Rest, it's that rest beat. So huh. Star Wars might need a Bob Rock Pause. <laughs> um, yeah, the comics. The comics. I love everything that's coming out, even though I have certain specific issues. I still love that I get to go to my shop and see it. But the Darth Maul comic just got announced. The first time I went, hey, all right, all right. And yeah. I, I kind of hate that I'm at that point. I, believe me, I've, I'm surrounded by Star Wars all the time, and I will be. But I'm going to get it and read it and probably like it. But it was the first time I went like, all right, I'll I'll add it to the list and get to it. 
Mm. You yeah. know, it's because Marvel's put out so many Star Wars comics right now. Yeah. In, in this past couple of years. I feel like, I don't want to say it's getting, it's just, I guess, the where we are, like, in our culture. I feel like everything is kind of predictable and formulaic. So what I think is interesting is, like, mm-hmm. they're basically telling stories that we kind of know and to expect, but they're going to tell them in a really interesting way. So, like, with a Marvel movie, I can know what to expect. But Civil War's tone and style is very different from Guardians of the Galaxy, which is very different from Deadpool. And that's yeah. why I go and watch it. It's just, yeah. it's a, the, it's the style that I'm buying into. Yeah. And I, and I kind of feel like maybe, maybe we're heading down that way just because that's the way that movies are because mm-hmm. they got to make money and they have to just do what people are going to go see. They can't take too many chances. Yeah. At least. That's just yeah, no, I agree. And Hollywood doesn't want to take chances. They going, don't. Almost going back to the female director thing. It's, I can if, if someone stuck their head and went, hey, uh, people want us to have a female direct, that would make money? Oh, okay, let's do it. Because these executives are scared shitless. They don't want to lose their jobs. So even at Lucasfilm, if someone comes with a good star horror story or Star Wars, they're going to be yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no My no. job's on the line. I don't want to do that. I, yep. My pension. That's where I worry. That's an industry issue. It's an industry issue. Yeah. But I go yeah. back to, to George himself and the risks yeah. that he took. And yeah. I mean, he was such a visionary. That's an excellent point. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think we can vote with our dollars as much as is possible and, right. you know, try to see things that are different and do take risks mm-hmm. uh, and make people feel a little bit safer about them. But I feel like if I feel like Star Wars could still aspire to some great things that Marvel does, which is I think the different tone in genre of the of the stories. I mm-hmm. think that's super important, like you were saying, and even like a movie like Doctor Strange, it, they got away with telling another origin story that follows the beats yeah. of an origin story, but because they were telling that very simple story. Like, you know, I think of movies uh, in most creative things like, you know, the plot is like the house and it needs to be in good shape. And then you can go nuts with the interior decoration. Right. If the house is solid Mm. and that Doctor Strange was such a well-built just house that they were able to do not only the trippy things, but like, you know, I saw the movie a couple of times and they're really deep ideas about the heroic end beat is him. This is a spoiler if people Mm. haven't seen it, but, Mm. you know, him looking at these various things that mean something to him that we've been subtly introduced to being reminded that uh, things die and there's nothing he can do about it. Right. Like that's pretty cool for a summer popcorn flick <laughs> yeah. that you scratch like two levels down and you get this sort of yeah. more deep and complex thing. And I think they are still popcorn movies that are safe, but Star Wars could aspire to like telling those more deep, heartbreaking human truths. I, yeah, I, I'm all on board to make Joseph Scrimshaw an executive over yeah. at Lucasfilm right now because, I yeah, that's that's what I hope. Um, uh, you know, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy um, was what it was, a big dist- epic. one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, and no no jokes about the Hobbit trilogy, not my favorite. Let's throw those out of the side. But those three movies, one of them was an Oscar winner. I think it was an Oscar win for all three. Yeah. But those movies had a deepness that um, – the prequels came out at the same time, and it seemed to lack. And even though I have an appreciation for them now, yeah. just in such sort of story. So yeah, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like a lot of them to mean something more than just the Star Wars universe. Yeah, mm. and they are from the epic mytholo- mythological point of view. I, they're yeah. all that we can write. There's yes. books, and we're talking endless hours about it. But I'd like it to. I'd like people who aren't Star Wars fans to tune in and be like that. To give that an award. Yeah, you know? exactly. At least right. a Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think Marvel will ever get to that point either, but you're right. 
they they Doctor Strange. One of the reasons I like it, it got the spiritual depths not seen in superhero pictures yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot. Whereas Winter Soldier was a great political thriller, and I liked all that. So yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm on board for the scrimshaw plan and yeah, the Atlanta plan. Yes, I like this. Uh, what this uh, what what are the uh, viable specific stories? We we talk uh, about what we want. We always yeah. pitch ideas, mm. but uh, like, does it? Uh, can we go? How deep can we go? How far off the reservation can the Star Wars world yeah. can we go, man? Yeah. Can, is, is Old Republic a, the, the only example of how deep we can go? Or, is, or is, do we do a space exploration movie? There's yeah. uncharted territories in the galaxy. Right. Can they do, in a, can they do an interstellar? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what episode nine is going to be. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, something's buried there on Jakku. Um, yeah, I feel like Obi-Wan is a for sure. Yeah. I feel like Old Republic is a for sure. Mm-hmm. I think continuing Han's, young Han's adventures, yeah. if they go well. And then beyond that, I feel like it is getting into what we've been talking about, like those smaller genre personal cool. stories. The only other thing I can think of, which is the kind of thing that sounds like a joke, and then we'll listen to this podcast later, mm-hmm. well, maybe we shouldn't have laughed. I think if Rogue One kills, there could be a Rogue too. Yeah. There could be the, <laughs> absolutely be the... Yeah. Okay, now's the time for your Bothan jokes, guys. Yeah. Because now we're going to talk about how the Bothans died. Yeah. If you liked how that one uh, Death Star... Well, there's an interesting thing, and you look, you know, there's certain areas that are blocked off by Lucasfilm or yeah. blocked off by George. You know, originally, the re- reason um, Heir to the Empire was five years after, as George has said, keep those five years for me. Um, so there's a lot of weird things, but... Empire of the Jedi is an unmined territory in a lot of yeah. comics, books, shows. Right now, you're right. It yeah. is. In, in, it, it's a short time period, about a yeah. year or so, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's so uh, there's something there. Right. There are There's room for the adventures of Luke Skywalker in particular. So yeah. then are we going to recast Luke Skywalker? Oh, you're getting mm-hmm. a dangerous territory. <laughs> See, that's where I but mean, yeah. like... I with Alden Ehrenreich. I, originally, I'm like, no, this, no, you cannot recast Han Solo. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to see this film. I think he's a great choice. But it's it's weird if it was. But if would you be saying that if this story took place after New Hope and before Empire? See, no, that yeah. that would be weird. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah, it works in the comics and the books, right? But. The adventure of Luke Skywalker between Empire and Jedi without without Mark doing it, it would seem weird. I'd be on board for it, though. Definitely yeah. book form, comic form. Book yes, form, comic book form, form, great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's no, there's, that's, I think that's the weird problem that they're facing is they've had like however many years now since they really kind of relaunched of there's no stone that we can't unturn in books, in comics, right, and, right. and people will eat it up and do podcasts about it and be excited. <laughs> but then a movie, you know, is mm-hmm. many of us as there are mm-hmm. in terms of being hardcore Star Wars fans, there aren't enough of us to support two blockbusters a year. If you do give us yeah. the music biography of Max Rebo, yeah. like we alone can't support can, the music biography of Max I Rebo. I will try. <laughs> Palpatine's broken heart. Um, it, it, Christian Harloff's great interview with James Lucino about Catalyst. Uh, Lucino, Christian asked him, what do you want to write next in Star Wars? And he said, my favorite unmined area that the area I want to go to is, is Palpatine's mind between Empire and Jedi. What was going on between yeah. those time periods and as, as, you know, building up to the end of, 
of what was going on with the Empire and kind of diving in. So that'd be a great book. That oh, wouldn't be a I good would love movie. That. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be just a bunch no. of Palpatine sitting around going, "I don't know." <laughs> oh no, I pictured like this very, very artsy. It's just Palpatine taking a bath and a spire <laughs> yeah. on, oh staring off into space with Janice luscious music playing. Yeah, yeah, classical music playing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Everything dies. <laughs> Bring me my robe, Janice. Is is Jajarad got the other desktop built? Oh, um, now goodness. turn Palpatine into a New York cab driver. <laughs> He's Buster Poindexter from Scrooge. Um, oh, what ideas might have Lucas left behind? We make jokes, yeah, um, probably with good reason. Yeah, <laughs> on some occasion, but at the same time, we talk about some of the great episodes of Clone Wars, and they have George's fingerprints all over them. So yeah. the guy had stories to tell. Any thoughts, predictions of what he might have actually put out there, Jennifer? This is this is what I've been trying to think. Like, I hope, I hope that he left like a giant book full of ideas that they can just mine, or maybe even from like his his uh, TV show that he had. Sure. You know, like oh yeah, mine any of these old ideas because for me, George is the heart of Star Wars, and and I just. Like I said, he's such a visionary, and he is so unpredictable, and that's what we love about this universe. So I, I don't know what he has in store, but I'm sure it's crazy, and I'm sure it could be awesome yeah. with the right team behind it. I, I definitely think, like they were saying, um, Kathleen Kennedy was saying, like, the Jedi mm-hmm. is a huge one. Um, but I can't, I don't know what else. I don't know what else goes on in his I think he doesn't have much of a gear, especially in this later part of his career, between the true, like, deep philosophy. So I'm sure he has, like, this deep idea of, like, what was the first Jedi, the first Jedi who picked up a lightsaber? What did they believe? Why did Mm. they do it? And he's got, like, this deep philosophical George Lucas idea. Yeah. And then he's got just zany bonkers C-3PO's bad day where he gets hit (laughs) in the metal crotch with things. Like, he, he doesn't... He de- and the clone. That's one of the great things about Clone Wars. One moment will be like deep philosophical, yeah. and then you watch the next yeah. episode, and it's like C three PO drops a fruit for a half an hour. Like, <laughs> so I so bet true. he's got some just one offs that are just like you know. You could just go over here and C three PO could be like he, he gets he translates things wrong and it's kind of a it uh, Sue. It's a farce. Yeah. Then yeah, it's really so, a so farce. Wacky, wacky Laurel Hardy. Yeah, farce. he opens a door, but then R two closes the other one, and then we can see what's happening. But they don't know. But he has a real sense of humor. I mean, do you guys remember the Star Wars uh, Detours TV animated yeah, show? I, I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't really see a ton of it because it never got to really live. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I thought it was really funny. It was yeah. from uh, Seth yeah. Green and the guys of yeah. Robot Chicken. Okay. But George was a huge fan of that. And he's the one that, that was like, yeah, do it. And it, it basically poked fun of Star Wars. So I think that he has a real sense of humor about it. And I think... Oh, I just want to know what he his does. ideas are. He does. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we all love it as episode seven. I go to the same spot you were going to, Joseph. I think we're in tune there because I look at what he did with the Mortis episodes. Yeah. Um, mm. And the father and the son and the daughter, the light and the dark and kind of the origins of the force. And that got deep and trippy. And I thought I was on my own ass to trip <laughs> myself. And that's coming from George. I think we could have seen some of those stories. I think, uh, you know, whether it's just simply Old Republic or the start of something or, or uh, how the Sith formed initially. And, and answered in George's own way. I think I could have seen it because the the first drafts of, of the Star Wars have a lot about the Bendu and the uh, yeah. the other the, the the nature of the light and the dark and all this kind of stuff. I, I could have seen George diving into that. Yeah, going deep into that. Yeah, and I think we still could maybe get that if we get to this you know promised land of lots of different approaches. Why yeah. not have a very philosophy based? 
<laughs> Philosophical wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know where the future of Star Wars is going, but there's one thing we do know. We will be there spending money, buying the toys, buying the jackets. <laughs> no matter what they put out, I will go uh, uh, at this point in time. I can't see me stopping. Yeah. I can't stop. Won't stop. Um, uh, so uh, you guys let us know. Go to our Facebook page or on Twitter at Force Center Pod and uh, just tweet us in. Use the hashtag Force Center and say, what do you want? Where do you see the future going? Do you want a connected universe? Do you want to wait between 9 and 10? And what do you think about Joseph's Max Rebo <laughs> music biography picture? Behind Bio the picture. Rebo. Behind yeah. the Rebo. Yes. I could do it there. But uh, as always, we got to take some uh, Twitter questions and fan questions right now. So we got that facebook page you can write us there post on our wall send us messages and on twitter at force center pod as well as our individual twitter feeds uh, we got some good ones today as usual Joseph. yeah we got a great heartbreaking one from brenton portis who asks since we will maybe never see a scene with han and luke what sort of adventure would you like to have seen happen between the two uh, you know this one breaks my heart i know mm. i know it's a touchy subject brought about star wars counseling um i don't know I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just, I wanted there to be a moment where all seemed lost, but they were together again. And yeah. They faced it with their, their plucky Luke uh, naivete, world weary though it may be now, Han's world weariness, but humor, Gallo's humor. And I just would have liked to have that one little moment together again. Huh? Yeah. Um, I don't, I never had an adventure in my mind for them. I'm, I'm glad. Let the young kids lead it. I get it. I get the passing of the baton, but I just wanted that one moment. Yeah. Just wanted it. Man. Yeah. Is there a scene or a little adventure that you have ever had in mind, Jennifer? Not a particular scene, but I think that dynamic, how, you know, Han was almost like the older brother. Yeah. And Luke was like the kid brother. And even though, like you're saying, you know, he's mm-hmm. older and he's seen some things, Luke, I want them to slip back into that just for just for one moment, that relationship where he says something funny to him. You know, yeah. Like, a kid or whatever. He calls him a kid or a something. Kid. Yeah, a you kid. know how it is. Yeah, like, like when you have an older sibling. I'm a bearded like, Jedi master. Yeah. I'm like, not a, um, but yeah. But when I'm around Han, I'm still a kid. I'm yeah. an, yeah, still I'm the an kid. adult. Mom. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I would want is in this magic world where we could have everything. I would want like a television show bottle episode <laughs> where they're like on an adventure. It should be something pretty easy for them to do because they're, you know, old and they know <laughs> their stuff. But like the spaceship gets locked, you know, they get locked in the spaceship, yeah. not out of any idiocy or whatever. But like, so they have to have those moments where we, we're dealing with the problem, but we also just kind of have a little bit of room to just talk. That would be so much fun to bring out uh, those dynamics that we know so well from the trilogy of like, how much are they intact mm-hmm. that he's the kid when he's the Jedi master? Right. Does the Jedi Master still look up to this old smuggler? You know, <laughs> that's, that's true. I just said I'm 40. I just had lunch with my parents. I was like a 15 year old. Mom, don't do that. So <laughs> the roles stay the same. <laughs> they do. Uh, our next question that was a great one, Brenton. Thank you. Is from J T Huffler Cole uh, at J Huffer underscore Cole on Twitter, who asks, "What do you want to see from Leia in the new trilogy?" Got some nice classic trilogy questions here. Uh, Ken, what, what do you want to see from Leia? Um, I want to see her remain in power, remain in control, and go to the end. I don't want to see her die. I know the character will at one point. I think Luke will go at one point. We've seen Han. But there's something uh, apropos and just right and and poetic about Leia surviving to the end in a good way. I hope it's not her at the end going, oh, my friends are gone. Um, But... 
you know, this is a character that we can make jokes, but really, you know, she she was tough and survived it all and is the reason the rebellion kept going along with others. But now, definitely the reason, as General Leia, that it's her private force that's standing up for the galaxy. Yeah. So I want her to get some sort of credit and feel at peace at the end of it all, but be still going strong. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? As I'm reading Bloodline right now, I, I just, I love this this character of General Leia. Seeing yeah. her in this way is so cool, and I would love to just see more of her in uh, episode eight. I just, uh, just getting to see her lead and in a position of power, mm-hmm. and I don't know, and obviously showing off that sense of humor that she has. That yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. The two concrete things I, I would like is I there's stuff in this with Bloodline about her discussing how much she's progressed with the Force, what her relationship is, what her right. desire toward it is. I would like to see her concrete use of the Force in mm-hmm. the way that makes sense to her. Like, obviously, she feels things, and we see that in The Force Awakens. Right. But I would like her to decide, like, in this moment, this is my relationship with the Force, and I'm going to use it proactively on purpose. That would be really cool to me. Do do you want to, and to you too, Jennifer, do you want to ever at any point see her with a lightsaber on film? Uh, I yeah. wouldn't mind, but I don't think now. I think it, uh-huh. I think it makes sense for her to be, I don't want that part of it, mm-hmm. the intuitive part of it. I wouldn't mind right. seeing her push someone or move something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think I think she's uh, not that she's as old as Yoda yeah, was yeah. in Empire Strikes Back, but I think there is that uh, that maturity and that elegance that makes sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have her not be flying around with a lightsaber. Right, right. That's a good point. I feel like there's actually more strength and power in her not wielding the lightsaber, just kind mm-hmm. of just doing a little a little something, you know, a little mm-hmm. force push, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it, they reveal more about her powers in Bloodline. I, it's, it's all stuff that I think you could kind of infer from okay. The Force Awakens. Okay, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So no, no huge spoiler there. Okay. Just that she, everything we've ever seen on film, like she's always on like the, the receiving end of a force call. Right. Like somebody, that it's this <laughs> mental thing where somebody right. somebody else is in need and she is aware. Mm. It would be great to her see her do something proactive like i realize i can connect with people maybe i can use the force to just shut kylo's brain off for a moment and knock him out like mm. a moment like that would be really interesting to me right i also like to see her do something proactively in a leadership role like she does but i would love to see a moment where like the third act of episode nine that's her plan her brilliant plan yes. and we see her come up with it and we see other people execute it so it's really the leadership is really clearly actively on film Agreed. I'll take that. I got very passionate. Uh, we got one more question. Uh, this is from Adam Taylor. If you could vacation in any location in the Star Wars galaxy, where would it be and why? You know, I, this is a question that comes up in a lot of different yeah. forms, a lot of different shows, and I think I answer it different every time. <laughs> I've answered Endor. I've answered Naboo. I've even answered Coruscant, I think, because mm-hmm. I like traveling to New York now. It's one of my things. I finally got to do it late in life, and now I want to go back. <laughs> so Coruscant takes care of that there. Um, but uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll change it up again, and I'll go. I'll take a little uh, trip to Takadona. Oh, Tokadana, yeah. Tokadana, oh. Takadona, Ta- yeah, Maz Kanata's <laughs> castle. Uh, hang out there with some ruffians, and then travel around that lush landscape and have a relaxing time. Be like going to Lake Arrowhead. Yeah, nice. Oh, I like that. Well, I've always, I usually say Endor, but 
scarif looks so delightful with that beautiful (laughs) water and the beaches. And and all the war and the dead rebels. You know, side note, ATCTs wading through the water. But I would just like to lay on that beach and witness the battle. (laughs) 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 Move along. Uh, (laughs) Looks like like in the early days of the Civil War, you know, people go out and watch the battles. They'd sit there and gather on the hill. There's some photos I've seen of just really? up there like, oh, let's go check the battle today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's Jennifer and... That would be me. Uh, the Scarif. <laughs> and a Mai Tai. Could I have a Mai Tai? Because this ATACT just got hit by a Bayes Malbus rocket. Oh, uh, that's what's happening. It's not actually Mai Tai. It's M-A-I-T-A-I <laughs> is the correct way to say it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I would go to Naboo, okay. but not the Lake Country. Oh. In my, uh, in my mind, this there are now historic tours... Of the whole castle area in Theed, that's because it's not actively used yeah. anymore. But I can go on tours and yeah. I can get like a Gungan tour guide. Okay, who's going to say like, well, so now here's where Darth Maul appeared, <laughs> and uh, we'll take you down to. The, they're not working anymore. But we'll take you down to the power generator area where Qui Gon Jinn died. Oh, Is this inspired by your recent trip to Hearst Castle? <laughs> yes, that's what I was very, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I love great. tours of weird old yeah. mansions and then Theed's a. Uh, Full of weird old mansions you in take its own a, way. Take a Unabongo down to yeah. Gungan City. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love that. Great <laughs> answers. Well, that's uh, our questions for today. And as always, uh, Joseph, uh, we like to we get these questions from Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, they're coming from everywhere. All around. They're like, a, they're like an ATACT slowly transporting things through shallow water. Just coming at you slowly. But no, we appreciate you guys uh, sending us these questions and reaching out on, on Twitter. We like on Twitter at Force Center Pod that you kind of a reaction point. And then on Facebook, we get more longer messages of, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. That's a lot of good stuff. And speaking of the Facebook page, Joseph. Yeah, we have been uh, having different drives here on Force Center, like old public television drives. Except for we do not send you mugs because we are jerks. Uh, but you guys helped us out. But you got us a lot of reviews and ratings on iTunes. Uh, you bumped our Twitter numbers. We'd still love to see more uh, followers on Twitter, posting a lot of content that is advertising the show, but also just fun Star Wars stuff. There was a revelation about coffee mugs. Oh yeah, yeah, that oh, was yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very I think central to understanding Rogue One because <laughs> I was watching that scene again because Pablo told me to. Yeah, he tweeted out, so I'm doing. My homework, and I'm like, wait, are those? I've always thought they're part of the table, but they look like to-go coffee mugs. I don't know what's going that on. That would be the, the evil of the empire if yeah. they were actually attached to the table, so you couldn't even pick them up. Just torture just you with coffee. Uh, Put your face it. in there, tag. Uh, but the point of my ramble is that we are going to shift focus for a little while to Facebook. We would love to get more likes on facebook i don't know what the noun is are you our likers we would like you to be our likers we would like that go like us on facebook we post about shows there but we do also try to match twitter and post some fun stuff uh yeah you can certainly send us messages with deeper thoughts or we'd love to just be able to have uh posts go up on facebook have a little bit more of a conversation in the comments of individual posts would be great Mm -hmm. if we do an episode saying you know what character do we want to see in x Mm -hmm. it's great to get all those responses in one kind of controlled space and then we can collect them more so right now, I think we're somewhere around 500 likes. I believe that there are mm. enough human beings on Facebook yeah. that we can get to 1,000 likes. It still seems like a popular social media outlet, so yeah. It does. I agree, Joseph. Yes. Let's do that, because when you hit 1,000, you get a, you get some more little special features on your page. It's, yeah. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. We all want that. If you're not yeah. familiar with Facebook, ask your mom. <laughs> 
She'll know all about it. Ask your weird racist uncle. (laughs) (laughs) He'll know exactly where to send you. That sounds like a good drive. Uh, Guys, this has been another fun episode of Force Center. But the next time we gather, maybe Jennifer Landa will finish the two books she's reading at once. Oh, my gosh. It's quite a task. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a task. But it's a wonderful task. And I'm enjoying it, even though I'm getting slightly confused. It is a good task. So we want you to encourage Jennifer and her reading of Bloodline <laughs> and Catalyst and do so on many social media outlets All you them. can follow her. My continuing education, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jennifer Landa or my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa. Beautiful. And Joseph Scrimshaw, you've got a show coming up this weekend if you're in L.A. Yeah, yeah. If you're in L.A., you can come to the Nerd Melt showroom and see my comedy game show called Head Cannon. This is going to be a holiday-themed version. A lot of cool people on it. Uh, Matt Gorley from Super Ego will be there. Mm. All sorts of uh, great guests. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be all holiday-themed. We ask people weird questions about pop culture, and they give us funny answers. If you want info on that, you can uh, go to my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can follow me on all the social media and bug me about reading things uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw on all the things. Outstanding. I'm still reading, still getting comic books. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. And uh, yeah, a lot of no secret, I work over at Collider now. And I'm proud of some of the videos we're producing, these Collider Crash Course videos. I uh, wrote one on what you need to know about Rogue One. Uh, delivered by Christian Harloff, and we got one coming out uh, next week if you're listening to this on the normal release date. That's uh, all about kyber crystals that I wrote nice. and, and anchored. So uh, that's uh, I'm a fully fun- functional adult whose job <laughs> is to write homework assignments on uh, little essays on Star Wars things right now. So check those out, those out over on Collider Video as well if you haven't as well. As always, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Like the Facebook page and all that good stuff. Until next time, here's another one for you, Max Rebo. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.